Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and I'm very happy, as always, to have you joining us for the first episode of 2020. So perhaps you're starting to think about, what was my New Year's resolution? What do we have on deck for the new decade, and what are we aiming to accomplish? And hopefully somewhere in there is, again, your state of well-being, and that's what we're here to master on the Kaderna Podcast, with certainly a slant towards finance and business. And so this week, what we're going to be addressing is how you get to your golden years. And in particular, understanding a 401k, what's inside of a 401k, and how you can master the concept known as dollar cost averaging. Okay. So without further ado, we'll get right into that again. We always like to try and keep these episodes to about, you know, 20 minutes or so and really give you some practical, concise information that you can implement in your own plans for your company or for your household, and then week by week continue to uh, improve your situation. So when we talk about retirement, and haven't done this for quite some time now with a lot of clients, everybody defines that in their own kind of uh, opinion, if you will, just like anyone can define success in a certain way. For some folks I sit down with, they think of retirement And to them, that's being able to go have a picnic and whip out that old checkered blanket and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that's paradise to them and be done with that nine to five life. Others think of retirement as being able to literally sail off into the sunset and cruise all around the world and go to exotic locations and see all the places they dreamed about throughout their whole career. So I'll let you define what retirement should look like. But the point of this exercise is retirement ultimately is a destination. And as we learn so much about life, it's not about the destination so much as it is the journey. So when we speak about the journey towards retirement and how we make whatever that dream is we have of the golden years uh, reality, or at least to have those choices in retirement, we have to examine the journey and the path that we're going to take. So if you're already thinking, well, I want to save for retirement, if I asked you, you know, what comes to mind when saving for retirement, I would bet dollars to donuts, one of the first things you think of is the 401k. Okay, so we're going to hone in on that. And you might be saying, well, hey, through work, I've got a 403b, or I have a thrift savings plan, or I've got a 457. Uh, they're all different parts of the tax code. A lot of them work in a similar fashion. It's an employer-sponsored retirement plan. But because 401k is kind of so popular, we'll just use that for uh, kind of summarizing how all these different retirement plans work. So let's talk about the 401k and where it came from. In 1978, Congress passed the Revenue Act. And inside of that act, they added to the Internal Revenue Code Section 401k. And of course, that created the 401k. What it allowed people to do is employees were now able to defer some of their income into this retirement savings vehicle on a pre-tax basis. All right. It wasn't really anything you know, that, that people were bracing for or overly excited about when it passed. But quickly, people began to leverage that as a way to put some of their money away and again, lower their tax bill for that particular year. And before you knew it, it became one of the most marketed plans uh, to any company or employer and pretty much the way that we're taught to save for retirement. 
so within the 401k, again, it started out small. We fast forward to where we are today. According to the Investment Company Institute, now there are over 55 million 401k participants. And within all of those 401ks sits over $5.7 trillion of funds. All right, 5.7 trillion with a T. So now all of a sudden it is a huge marketplace uh, for people to save for their golden years. So I'm not going to get into all the mechanics of a 401k, you know, how you use it, the taxation, the liquidity, the uses, you know, all the things you have to know in that respect. If you want some info on that, I tell you, please go listen to prior episodes of the podcast because we did spend some time on that. Or you could Google an article I wrote called Why Your 401k Stinks. And that we, you know, per the name, we kind of go through the good, the bad, the ugly of a 401k. But again, what we're going to focus on for this week is what actually goes inside the 401k. All right. So how do you actually fund it? And then once your money's in there, how do you actually invest it? All right. How do you allocate those monies within your plan? All right. So the first thing I want to touch on a little bit is the fees in a 401k. A lot of people really don't understand how that works. And the industry is certainly making a push to get the average citizen much more informed. But according to a study done by TD Ameritrade in 2018, their study showed that 96% of Americans know the exact cost of their streaming media. That would be your Netflix, your Hulu, your Disney Plus. All right, so almost all Americans, they subscribe to one of those plans and they know exactly what they're paying every month. But when we turn around and ask them the same question about their 401k, where they're saving for retirement, only 27% of respondents actually knew the fees of their 401k. And in that same study by TD, TD Ameritrade, one third of the respondents thought that there are no fees in a 401k plan at all. Okay, So there's a lot of confusion out there and we're going to try and debunk some of the myths out there and uh, kind of uncover the reality of it. So according to the, the Center for American Progress, the average all-in 401k fee is about 1% of your plan balance. Okay, What is that comprised of? Well, first you have the plan administration cost. Okay, So that's the cost to essentially implement, house the 401k, um, you know, actually take care of it, do all of the reporting as a company that you have to do, filing your 5500s, you know, sending out statements to all of your employees. All of those things come at a cost. And most times that cost is actually passed on to the employee within their plan. So number one, we have the administration cost. Number two, we have the underlying fund expenses. Okay, so inside of your 401k, bear in mind that's just kind of like a bucket uh, that you get to choose what you actually want to invest in within that bucket. So when you select those different investments, they each come with their own set of fees and expenses. So we have that. And then many 401k plans also offer individualized service, uh, typically like an advisory program where if you're saying, you know what, I really want to have some good management of my 401k, but I don't really want to get involved in it on my own. Let me have a professional kind of take a look and manage this for me. You can actually pay an additional fee to have that done. All right. So when we add all those things up on average, you're somewhere around 1% a year uh, is your total fee for your 401k plan. So of course that will work against your earnings. So that fee, that can be more or less, of course, it is an average. Typically speaking, the fee is going to be quite a bit lower if you're working at a larger company. 
if you have a 401k plan that has 5,000 employees in it that are participating, you have economies of scale, all right? Your fees are probably lower than say, maybe a small mom and pop uh, company that's got 15 employees that all wanna be able to save for retirement in that plan. They don't have the same sort of buying power as you know a gigantic company out there. So naturally, those guys will have a little bit higher fees within their 401k plan, all right? So let's talk next about, you know, how do you actually fund it? How does your money go in the 401k? What it is, is it's a payroll deduction, okay? So that means that you go to work, you work hard, you earn your money, and then from your paycheck, you're gonna have some money withheld to go into your 401k and be invested for retirement, all right? You can do that on a post-tax basis. You can do that now on a Roth basis or the old school way, which was on a pre-tax basis, okay? Again, we're not gonna get a lot into that today, but that's essentially how you'll see on your pay stub that your money is being contributed to that 401k plan. Furthermore, you might be saying, well, how much do I put into it? That's totally up to you, okay? You're allowed, now I'm switching gears for 2020, now that we go into the new decade, I have to double check, you'll be allowed up to $19,500 a year or if you're over the age of 50, there's a catch-up provision of an additional $6,500. Okay, so if you're under 50, you can do up to 19,500. And if you're over the age of 50, you'll be allowed to put away $26,000 a year in your 401k plan. The way that you can fund it, again, it's either going to be on a dollar basis out of your paycheck, so you can say, you know what, I wanna have $50 a pay period withheld from my paycheck to go into my 401k. Or what most people do is they actually elect a percentage of their income and they say, okay, I'd like to have 3% or 5% of my income be deferred into my 401k plan. And a quick side note, what you really wanna be aware of too is if your company has an employer match and what that means is that for money you contribute, your company, your boss, is actually going to match you on some of that. So for instance, if your company says, hey, we match our employees dollar for dollar up to 3% or 100% up to 3%, that means that if you're making $100,000 a year and you elect to defer 3% into the 401k plan, your employer is going to match that dollar for dollar and also put $3,000 in your 401k plan. That's where you'll hear a lot of people say, hey, it's like you're getting free money from your company. So it, it's not free, I mean, you're working there, of course, but it's definitely a nice perk that you probably don't wanna pass up. So get to know the match and what the actual formula is. So when you're putting that money in steadily, every paycheck, every other week or every month, whatever your pay cycle may be, you're, you're slowly contributing to that plan, all right? As opposed to you outside of the 401k saying, hey, I came into some money, I just wanna dump a large chunk into whatever investment. What you're doing is you're spreading your investments or your deposits over a long period of time on a systematic basis. What that's achieving is a concept that we call dollar cost averaging. And essentially, that's exactly what I just said. Dollar cost averaging is a systematic investment over a series of deposits, okay, over a longer period of time. What that's essentially doing, the idea there 
is that we're reducing the impact that market volatility can have on your investment. Okay, so let's take, for instance, if it's 2007 and you said, hey, you know what? I've got a lot of money. I just want to invest it all for retirement in 2007. If we put a large chunk in and then all of a sudden 2008 happens and the you know, markets kind of go off a cliff, we're going to be pretty upset about that and say, man, I can't believe that timing. We just put all this money in and then bam, my quote unquote 401k became a 201k. All right. Whereas if you said, you know, let me try and do this steadily. Yes, I put in some in 2007, but then the market tanked and I put in the same amount of money in 2008. And then I continued to fund it in 2009 and on. Now what we've enabled ourselves to do is we, in that same investment, we bought just a handful of shares in 2007 when they were quote unquote expensive. And then we bought a lot of shares in 2008 when the market went down, when they were on sale, if you will. And then when it started to kind of come back up in 2009, we started to flatten that out. And essentially what we're doing is if, again, on a systematic basis in the same portfolio, is we are buying more shares when the price or the share price is depressed or kind of at a discount. And we're buying less shares when the market is high and perhaps selling at a premium. So we're buying less when it's expensive and more when it's on a discount or on sale. Anybody that's going out just to shop for groceries knows that's typically how you want to do it. That's how you're going to save money over time. So that, in essence, is dollar cost averaging, is we're reducing that volatility and that what if, if the market was to go south on us. So it's a pretty sound philosophy, and pretty much everybody that's contributing to their 401k plan is actually doing that, whether they realize it or not. And oftentimes, they'll be uh, happy when they look back and see all that money that they saved for themselves. All right, so even if we, I know I was talking about 2008, but if we bring it up to you know, more recent memory, just think about it. 2019, which just passed, you know, of course, as of yesterday, the S&P 500 finished positive 30.43%. So that was one heck of a year for the markets, up over 30%. But in 2018, okay, so a little over a year ago, the same S&P 500 or broad index for the market was actually down 6.59%. Right. So just think about, you know, when would you have wanted to invest, you know, before that rally, during the rally, after the rally? Again, we're kind of hedging that when we do it steadily uh, via dollar cost averaging or just, you know, payroll deductions like we all do in the 401k plan. So keep that in mind. Another thing, too, is if <clears throat> excuse me, if you're contributing on a percentage basis and let's say you're a very high income earner. And maybe early in the year, February or March, you've already made significant money and you come into your quarterly bonus or a big commission check. And before you know it, just putting in, let's say you're contributing 6%, made a ton of money in the first quarter, and you've already maxed out your 401k for the year. That's where some people actually are contributing to their 401k, but they're not dollar cost averaging because they just put all their money in for the year just in those first two or three months of the calendar year. So if you're trying to take advantage of this school of thought, those really high income earners or with that volatility, you know, and, and maybe sales or being a business owner or something like that, you might want to lower your contribution so that it drags it out, you know, further throughout the year. Just something to keep in mind. Okay. So that's a little bit about the funding uh, that you want to get to. 
one thing I do here, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, guys, is you might be saying, well, what if, you know, the market rallied in 2019? What if I was able to put all of my available funds in in 2018? I would have made way more money as opposed to if I had slowly put my money in over the course of 2018 and 2019. That's correct. And that is a valid point. But again, what we're just talking about is the philosophy and that it's a hedge. And so when we do things steadily like that, perhaps we miss out on that big rally to maximum effect, but we participate in it and, you know, just a little bit of a lower level by doing it on steady contributions. Okay. So just think of it that way. And really the idea there, the argument might be is, well, that's kind of like timing the market. And if we could time the market, I mean, we'd be set, but we haven't ever really seen someone do that successfully for a long period of time. So keep those things in mind, guys, especially if you're thinking, do I want to beat the market or do I want to participate in the market? And if I'm going to participate in it, do I want to do so kind of erratically or in the most, you know, uh, you know, efficient way possible um, that perhaps gives us, you know, a, a better opportunity? The next thing, again, is going to be, well, now that we're contributing, what do we actually do with the 401k plan? Again, dealing with so many different people and clients and speaking all over the place on this, a lot of misinformation and a lot of confusion. I've had people come to me that say, you know, does a 401k have a good return or not? Should I invest elsewhere? Again, guys, a 401k is just like a bucket or a vehicle. What you put inside of there is going to dictate your return. So you could have, you know, Mr. Smith with a 401k that last year yielded 30%, okay, because they were all in the S&P 500. And you could have Mrs. Smith with her own 401k that yielded 1% because she was sitting in, you know, a fixed income fund that didn't perform well, let's say. So again, it's what we're actually investing in. So we'll start with the first and easiest, which is going to be uh, kind of your auto enrollment. Right. So most plans nowadays will auto enroll their employees, which means that as you sign up and you become a uh, employee of that company, they say, hey, thanks. Congrats on joining us. We're going to auto enroll you at two or three percent of your income into this 401k plan. When your money goes in there, many plans today have a default option. What that default option is typically what's called a target date retirement fund or a life cycle fund. And what that does is it takes your age and then it projects your retirement. So it says, okay, you're 30 years old, then you're going to fall into this category of the target date retirement fund with the target date 2060, let's say. Okay, so that's going to dictate kind of your, your portfolio. Within that target date fund are gonna be a whole bunch of mutual funds. And typically when it's far off, okay, so we're a young employee and it's a target date 2060, it's going to be very aggressive. It's going to be mostly in equities and a little bit of fixed income. And then that, that target date fund, as you get closer to 2060, so as you get older and closer to retirement, now it's going to get more and more conservative. Okay. Where on the flip side, if you enrolled in a target date fund and you're 63 years old, so it's a target date 2025 because you're about to retire, it's already going to be relatively conservative as you're nearing kind of your end date for employment. So that gives a lot of employees out there kind of like a set it and forget it mentality where you can say, okay, just base it on my age. 
do what I guess you're supposed to do, and then I'll just let these uh, fund managers kind of take it from there. All right. So that's your default. That's where you'll see a lot of 401k dollars going today. It's a very easy kind of efficient way to invest in the plan. All right. That's your target date fund. Or again, some plans call it like a life cycle fund. Another thing though, that, that's since we've had this auto enrollment and these default options, there are still plans out there that don't have a default. And what that means is if you're contributing to your 401k plan, it's going to go straight into a money market or a cash position. And it's going to sit there until you dictate how those funds should be invested. I've sat down with clients that said, hey, I'm contributing to a 401k, just thinking that that is an, uh, in and of itself a investment. And they bring their statement to me that they haven't been able to track down for a while. And I open it up and I review it and I find that almost all or sometimes all of their account balance is sitting in cash. I've even seen it so high as six figures sitting in cash while all along for the past 10, 15 years, they thought that their money was going to work for them and invested in the markets. It might sound crazy to you, but I've, I've seen this. This is real stuff. So you want to check on that. You want to review these things and see how you're actually invested. How are your funds actually being allocated? All right. The next thing is if you're saying, you know what, I'd rather manually choose one of my target date funds, maybe because I'm younger, but I want to be conservative. So I'll take a target date 2030 or maybe because I'm older, but I still want to be aggressive because I don't think I'm going to need this money early in retirement. So I'll take a target date 2050, even though I'm 62 you can elect you know, what you want to do there uh, as well. And then if you want to get away from that stuff and say, I want to have more autonomy of, of what I'm actually going to do, the average 401k plan today, again, according to the Investment Company Institute, has 25 different fund options. Okay, so you could say, forget the, the target date funds. I want to pick and choose between you know, domestic stocks, large cap, small cap, emerging markets, fixed income, and really create my own portfolio. Of course, you're more than welcome to do that. And if you do so, again, it gives you a little more responsibility, but also flexibility. But you got to be aware now you're really your own financial advisor in a way of that particular retirement plan. So you want to keep an eye on some things. In particular, are you rebalancing? Okay, so perhaps you picked a, you know, a spread of six different funds that you were favoring and you haven't really kept an eye on it and the market rallies you know on emerging markets and it goes through the roof and you don't touch anything now next year all of a sudden because of that market rally that position is way overweight or much higher than the rest of your portfolio and now you're kind of out of whack versus what you initially intended so you may want to rebalance the plan and perhaps sell off some of those and bring it back to your original allocation okay so rebalancing is key. Again, that's something to kind of keep an eye on, especially if you have company stock. Again, that's something I've seen with a lot of folks out there. They work for a large employer. They've been there a long time. They get company stock and their 401k gets way overweight in that one, you know, that one position, that one particular company. All right. So think of like what happened to Enron and some of those. Usually you don't want to be so overweight in just one position like that or one company. So some things, again, guys, to keep in mind out there. And lastly, I mean, when there are so many options, sometimes it gets well beyond 25. I've found sometimes it can just kind of uh, have a little paralysis by analysis where the average Joe gets this huge spreadsheet of funds and doesn't really know where to go. 
and it can be a little bit overwhelming. And sometimes when that happens, usually what we'll find people do is they just chase the ones based on their higher returns, right? They're seeing all different mutual funds that they don't really know, different segments of the market they don't really understand. So they say, hey, that one the past two years did really good. This one the past three years hasn't done so good. Let me go pick that one. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're kind of, you know, chasing these recent high performers. But as we all know, past performance is not an indicator of future performance. So we usually don't want to rely too heavily on that. And that sometimes can get us into a, a pickle if then we're really kind of just buying high, uh, you know, chasing, you know, recent high performers. So again, be careful about that, guys. Another feature that your 401k plan may offer is what's called a guaranteed contract or guaranteed interest rate contract. That might say, okay, if you work at this company, we offer our employees a guaranteed fund that pays 3% or 4% a year. And then you have that option to put your money there. Perhaps if you're being very conservative, um, you don't want to leave it in the money market doing nothing, of course, or you don't want to go into different fixed income funds. That could be an option that sometimes can have a very appealing interest rate unique to your place of employment as opposed to other investors out there. All right, that's a guaranteed contract within the 401k plan. Another thing too you're going to see a lot of nowadays is usually you have these mutual funds in there. Now you're seeing more index funds. So going back to the fees conversation, if you're saying, hey, I want to invest, I want to control it myself, I don't want to do the target date fund, but I'm really fee conscious. I, I just want to keep that down and have more of a passive investment. So I want to ride out an index like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or the Nikkei or whatever it may be then you can go ahead and invest in those uh, passive accounts that are gonna have lower fees than you know, some of the other mutual funds out there that are much more actively traded. Okay, so those are all things to consider as you're starting to fund your 401k and then decide how am I actually going to allocate it, okay? Keep all those things in mind. And also bear in mind too, when you go set up your 401k plan and you're picking which ones you wanna to allocate to, you're usually gonna see your account balances, okay, so where all of your money is today, and then your future allocations, which means all my money going in moving forward, how's that to be invested? So you wanna be careful and understand the difference between the two, because sometimes people think, okay, I've got a million dollars in my 401k that I amassed over the past 35 years, now I'm gonna change my contributions to all be in the guaranteed interest rate contract and get very conservative. That's great for the little bit of money going in this year and moving forward, but keep in mind that million dollars that you've already had invested is going to stay in whatever allocation it was until you adjust that. So keep in mind you have your current balance and you have future contributions and you wanna understand how you're uh, you know, investing both of those monies. So that's a little bit about dollar cost averaging and how to actually use your 401k. I hope this was helpful. It might be something as we kick off the new year to take a second look at or maybe a first look and make sure that everything's, you know, copacetic and you got things moving in the right direction. All right. Again, my name is Brian Kaderna. I'm so happy to have you guys listening to the Kaderna podcast. Please keep spreading the good word. We finished last year really strong. Um, you know, we have the YouTube channel that we're going to be more involved with now. So go there, check it out. I know about 90% of my listeners all come through Apple podcasts and a little bit through Spotify. 
So tell all your friends to go there or anywhere else that you listen to a podcast, and we'll keep getting you this information so that you can increase your state of well-being and live a happier, healthier, financially set uh, lifestyle. Again, I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Kaderna podcast for the year 2020, and we'll see you next week. The Kaderna Podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not provide tax, legal, social security, student loan, mortgage, or real estate advice. Listeners should contact their own tax, accounting, or legal advisors, or the social security department in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, Pass, 300 Broad Acres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities, product services, and advisory services are offered through Pass, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Nine 973-244-4420. Financial representative, the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Pass is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Caderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance, LLC, are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Pass or Guardian. Caderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance, LLC, a general agency of Guardian. Pass is a member of FINRA, SIPC. California Insurance License Number, OK04194. Content of the Caderna Podcast is copyright of Brian M. Caderna, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the content in any form is prohibited without prior permission from the Caderna Podcast. The views and opinions expressed herein may not be those of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Guardian does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of, of the information or opinions presented herein. Any third-party materials referenced cannot be endorsed or verified by Guardian and are used as the opinion of the author. Guardian, its subsidiaries, or affiliates do not provide or issue or advise for mortgages. This material contains the current opinions of the author, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice.